Let's pray. Our Lord God, we, uh, we know that you're working through all things for the good of those who love you. And we pray that this morning, as we look at what you have to say about suffering and comfort, that uh, we will love you more and we will trust you in the midst of difficult things. And Lord, even more than that, then you will use these things and ask for your glory. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, as I'm sure you're very aware, as uh, Christians, we can face all sorts of suffering. Uh, We can suffer with poor health, with workplace stress, uh, with financial and and relationship issues at home or even amongst fellow Christians. And and for some of us in the world, um, getting the basics to live, uh, getting enough food to eat and to give to your children and clean water is a great struggle. And so as you suffer and as you struggle, where do you first turn for help? Where do you first go for comfort? Well, um, from the passage we just had read for us, 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul sat down, he wrote this letter to God's people in Corinth. Now, you'll see uh, where Corinth is on the next map. This is like the the map of um, the time there. um, uh, It's called Achaia, that region there. So it's where sort of modern-day Greece is there. And so Paul's written to the Corinthians and the next slide will show you what modern-day Corinth looks like. looks really pretty. Has anyone been there? No? Okay, me neither. Um, that's what... Anyway, that's what Google... It might be somewhere totally different, but that's what Google tells me it is. And then just down the road from that is ancient Corinth where uh, the letter was written to. So it probably looks like the main street of Richmond, right? So it's like all these little shops there and um, looks uh, really pretty as well. And so... And also up the top, I don't know if you can see there on the right, there's the, the pillars from the, um, the temple, Apollo temple. So Paul's not writing just to a bunch of religious randoms or whoever. He's writing to particular Christians in a particular place at a, at a particular time and he's encouraging them. And he says, if you're following along uh, in your Bible there, he says from verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy our brother, to the church of God in Corinth, together with all his holy people throughout Achaia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he writes to this Christian community in Corinth and around in Achaia, they belong to God, they have a special relationship with him. Just like those here at Richmond who are locked in followers of Jesus Christ. Just like our Indonesian brothers and sisters, they're not just, you know, a bunch of religious randoms, but they're the body of Christ. And Paul, Paul writes to them. Now, his letters, Paul's letters norm, nearly always are written out of some circumstance that's arised in the church that he's addressing. And uh, this is the same situation in, in Corinth. But the solution he writes to them, it's not just relevant for, for them, but also for us today as we... Uh, Keep following Jesus. And fortunately, Paul's teaching doesn't come from some cushy, you know, university somewhere. Sorry if you're a university lecturer, I'm not having a go at you at all. Um, But, you know, like, it's not that sort of, like, uh, distance and um, not relatable. He is uh, writing from the front lines of, of Christian suffering himself. And as we come to this passage, we can rightly ask where... Do you first go? Where do I first go for comfort 
when we face suffering. And we discover God's uh, emergency response plan. Where does Paul send the Corinthians in the midst of their suffering? Where does he point you in the middle of your pain and struggles? Well, we'll see first he points us to the Father, uh, the Father of compassion and comfort. From verse 3, it says, Praise be, Paul says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. He's so convinced, Paul's so convinced about who God is, he starts praising him from the very beginning. Praise God, worship him, adore him for who he is and what he has done. He's the good, good, compassionate father. He's a God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles. And so Paul's not just going through, you know, a few facts about God. He's just, it's overflowing from his heart uh, how amazing God is. He honours him, he worships him. He's moved by God's greatness in the midst of difficult circumstances which he is experiencing and God's people are experiencing. It's a little bit... um, when I come home, sometimes we've been out for dinner or something as a family and we get out of the car. So we live, uh, do I say, on the Central Coast? And we can still see the sky up there as well, probably like you guys, and at night. And so you get out of the car and I'm like, look at all the stars, aren't they amazing? The Milky Way and the kids are like, can we just go to bed? And, um, but, but that's what Paul's here. He's like looking at God. He's saying, look, at, look how amazing he is. Look what he's done. Isn't that incredible? He's such a, such a worthy God, worthy of praise, and, and particularly because of his comfort and and uh, um, the love that he shows, the compassion and comfort that he shows. Uh, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. God is the supreme source of comfort for our troubles. He's the one we must turn to because there's so many other things you could turn to, right? But he's the one we should turn to as, as life you know, grinds you down, which it feels like sometimes. And as hard as life is for everybody in this world, only, only Christians can take hold of the comfort of God himself, the living father of compassion and comfort, the one who loves his children dearly and gave his son for them. So in suffering, we, we must learn, like Paul encourages the Christians to, learn to lean into uh, our father, the one of comfort and compassion. But it's interesting as we keep reading this passage and this letter, there's, it's possible that there's more in our suffering than just comfort for ourselves, which is amazing that God does that. But there's something even more in that. Is it possible, do you think, that God could use your suffering and struggle and, and he can redeem that and use it for a purpose? that what you're going through at the moment could be used by God and to bring about good from that? Is there a a real purpose? Well, Paul says to the suffering Corinthian Christians uh, that God comforts us, our Father comforts us with a purpose. From verse 4, he says, God comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Through his mercy and kindness, God um, pours out comfort to us. He shows us his incredible love through his son, Jesus. We see that particularly through Jesus' life, death, 
on the cross and his resurrection, that he's called us into his family, that he's given us his Holy Spirit, that we are his children and, and, and his family. And, and as we share in Christ's comfort, it's intended by God that we then can be a comfort to others as well. We're comforted by God and that overflows from us to others. The comfort of God that we've received, we pour out to others. Um, kids, you ain't, like, you've never seen one of these in real life. Probably adults never, I've never seen one. But you know those champagne towers that you see in movies where they have piles of glasses and so they have one champagne glass at the top Rick tells me there's three underneath. I think he's just good at maths. I don't know if he's actually ever made one. And then nine underneath, lots underneath. Um, and then so you, pour, you only pour the champagne into one glass at the top, right? But it just overflows to the three and to the nine and then keeps, keeps going. And, it, and it's a little bit like that for God's people. God has given us incredible comfort uh, and love through his son Jesus and and out of that comfort that we've received, then we can pour out that comfort um, to others as well. It's free. We didn't deserve it. God has poured out his comfort to us in Christ. And as we receive that, we will be merciful people ourselves. We will be like our Father and we will be able to um, pour out that comfort uh, to others. It would be impossible to be a Christian who receives the comfort of Christ and says, thank you, and doesn't um, show that comfort and that love to others as well. Now, God has turned the comforted into comforters. We should expect to see a strong family resemblance, shouldn't we, between our father and us as his children in the way that we live. In in, uh, Colossians chapter 3, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. It's that that idea of putting on uh, those attributes that we have received. It's it's, um, God pours that out on us, but we also have to actively uh, put on these things. How is God using you or could use you to be a comfort to others, to people you know in your family or in your street or at school? Well, um, one man who I, uh, who's um, passed away quite a long time ago now, but uh, who's been encouragement to me, his name's George McKay, and he went to Taiwan um, in 1872 to bring the good news of Jesus to the Taiwanese people. And he went there uh, with the um, intent purpose to do that, to share Jesus, but also to love and care for them. And so he, he moved there in 1872. He stayed there his whole life uh, until he died in 1901. Um, and the way he did that was by caring for both their physical needs and their spiritual needs at the same time. So he, not a dentist, but he started a dentistry practice because he could see the great suffering that people were having um, with, with dentistry issues. So uh, he went from town to town, helping people, taking out rotten teeth and all that sort of stuff um, and loving people in that way and sharing Jesus. But he didn't just do the dentistry practice. He also started schools um, and he also started universities. He started churches and 
just this love for the Taiwanese people, but also um, not just for their physical needs but and their educational needs, but for their spiritual needs. And he, he brought them all, all, all together. The comfort and love that he'd received from Christ, he, he was able to pour out to others. And um, my family and I go to Taiwan pretty regularly and the impact that uh, God has had through him, uh, through, through George McKay, is incredible, um, through the, the way he's been able to love and care for uh, the Taiwanese people. So through your um, suffering and your hardship, Jesus has given you incredible love and mercy and kindness. Out of that, how could you be a blessing to others? How could you be a blessing to those in your family or, or in your street or at, at work or at school if you're a teacher or you're a student? Because um, this is a confession for me. Whenever I see things of difficulty, my natural tendency is to take a step backwards. <laughs> like, I've got enough of my own problems. Uh, I hope you go okay. But God calls me to like not do that but to step forward um, to be able to be a blessing to others. And so when I hear God's word, this is um, a challenge to me personally as well. How can we clothe ourselves with the compassion and comfort and kindness that God has poured out upon us um, and then love others in the same way? Uh, this, I've got a picture here of Rachel. So Rachel is the one uh, over to the right in blue in the front row. And if you look carefully, she's got one of her children on her back. Um, and during covid um, you can imagine it was huge impact for families living in poverty in the developing world. Um, Rachel lost all her income, so her job was to sell stoves uh, that you would cook with in the marketplace and you would take them home and do cooking. And the government said, no, you can only sell food. Only food sellers were allowed to sell. And so instantly she lost her income, which was already uh, very small. And so this is what she said. She said, I wasn't able to get food to feed my children and myself. It's like instantly. When the lockdown was announced, we were told only people selling food were allowed to sell in the market. This was a blow to so many of us. We hadn't saved money for such times and we don't even have a garden to harvest from, says Rachel. Because Rachel's just like so many people in the developing world, um, subsistence living. You, they don't have any money to be able to save. And so you can imagine as Rachel struggled immensely to be able to, to care for her children, uh, it was a huge blessing for her that her son Pacifique was sponsored and part of the Compassion Program, that other people had decided we're going to care for, help care for your, your child and love him and pour out the comfort that we've received from Christ uh, on you. And so the local church and the sponsors um, were able to do that and that made a huge impact for their family because um, so this is what... Rachel said, so Compassion was able to, to, to bring food hampers and care for her, but this is what she said. I'm so excited the centre remembered us during this pandemic and has given us food. I give God the glory. We've been given maize flour, beans, cooking oil, soap and sugar. As a mother, I'm very, <laughs> as a mother, I'm very happy that my children are not going to die of hunger. She gives God the glory. How good is that, right? God's people love her, care for her, provide for her, and she gives God the glory because that is right. She knows that's come from him. And we give God the glory. We're so thankful that we can be part of doing something like this in the lives of those in need. 
Now, something that's a great challenge and, and is also really great news, I think, too, is that the Bible tells us that when we love others and care for others, somehow it's good for us as well. That's a bit, a bit counterintuitive, isn't it? Um, but we remember the words that Jesus recorded in Acts when he said it's more blessed to give than to receive. So giving comfort to others, pouring out that comfort we receive from God, actually will be good for us. It will be great for us. God says that Christians can speak out of our suffering, we can um, share the comfort we've received, and uh, that will be good. And that's definitely what you do when you care for those in need. You are showing Christ, uh, God's comfort to them, you're showing love to them, and um, so many people come up to me and say, we love that we be able, we're able to do that. I was in a church last week at um, Marrickville and they came and shared, one of the guys came and shared with me afterwards. He said, this is such a blessing for us to be able to care for somebody else in another country, which is incredible, right, um, that we're able to do that and share that, the love of Christ with others. And so as you wonder on the struggles of your own life, um, is there any redeeming value in them? Well, God's word tells us, yes, he's comforted us so we can comfort others and it will be a blessing to you when you do that. We have a comfort and a hope that's worth passing on. Now, it's possible that uh, we might read this passage and hear Paul encouraging us to, to do that and be tempted to feel like Paul doesn't actually have a clue what I'm going through. Right? He doesn't understand. But um, this is what Paul said, verse 8, about himself and about his fellow travellers, Timothy and the others, he said, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we'd received the sentence of death. So Paul's suffering was so bad, and the suffering of his fellow Christians, that he thought uh, that this was the end. We're not sure what it was on this occasion. Maybe it was uh, persecution from, um, from those who hated Paul, from his enemies, or it could have been physical suffering or something like that. We're not sure. But he, he'd thought he'd received the sentence of death. And Paul wants to share that experience with us and with his, the um, Corinthians so that, he, that we know and, and they know that uh, we won't be lost, we won't be at sea, when we experience these things, great suffering and struggles too. Because sickness comes to us all, right? Death of loved ones comes to us all. Struggles in our faith happen to us all. But verse 9, this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He's delivered us from such a deadly peril. He will deliver us again. On him we've set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help by your prayers. And so uh, through the suffering, we're able to rely not on ourselves but on, on God, the one who raises the dead. Paul thought that his suffering was so bad that he'd come to the end of his life, but in that, even in that awful suffering, he trusts in God who raises the dead the one who brings hope not just for, for now but for eternity. And that is, is great news for us. That God um, provides hope for now 
and for the future. As it says in Romans chapter 5, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. And hope doesn't put us to shame because God's love has been poured out to us in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. This suffering um, produces perseverance as we keep trusting, we keep walking with our Lord. So when things are going well, um, that's great. But I don't know about you, but I feel like it's much easier just to trust in your own skills and resources and and, and everything like that. But when we're we're suffering uh, and we're struggling, it causes us to trust our Lord and and Saviour. And that's what happens to Paul. He relies on God in a new way um, to refocus his hope on God's deliverance rather than his own ingenuity and his own skills. And uh, I'm going to wrap up now, but I just wanted to give us that opportunity um, to bring before God some suffering that that you might be facing or someone you love is facing at the moment. Uh, And in the quiet of your mind, pray about that. And then we can um, thank God that he has sent Jesus for us in the midst of, of all that. That as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, that also our comfort will abound through Christ. Let's pray. Praise be to you, God, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. You comfort us in all our troubles, Lord, and we bring them before you now. Lord, comfort us through the love of your Son. Lord, we pray that this morning that we can be a comfort with those in any trouble, with the comfort that we ourselves have received from you. Lord God, may our lives overflow with your love and comfort for those in need, that it may all be for your glory. We praise you that even through this, this is good for us. Father, help us to keep trusting and keep relying in Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.